Before today's episode, I thought I'd record a brief intro with just me, no George, as so many of you guys have been texting me, uh, wondering, where's the new episode, James? Why haven't you uploaded? What the hell is going on? Well, I'm here to tell you that season two of the Wilson and Brown Hour will be with you very shortly. So today's episode will be sort of a finale of season one, if you like. Um, Talking of today's episode, this was actually recorded about a month ago. So the things we talk about might be a bit outdated, but the reason it's a month old is because modern technology is a complete shambles and it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I'm a massive idiot who deleted the audio file and after three weeks of intense searching for it, suddenly appears on my laptop in a resurrection that only Jesus would be proud of. As I record this intro, in fact, I've just looked and I've realised this is episode number 13. So it probably was always destined to be unlucky. (laughs) Um, But I've just listened to it back and I've still had a good laugh. So I thought, why not release it in preparation for season two, which will be coming very shortly. So stay tuned. But in that case, I'll stop waffling and let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Wilson and Brown Hour with me, James Wilson, and our co-host, George Brown. Now, it's at this stage of the podcast, I would normally ask George how he's doing and we all kind of know what to expect. It's the sort of icebreaker to get us going and flowing on the episode. But genuinely, it's been about three weeks and I've not seen George or even spoke to him at all. So for the first time ever on this podcast, I genuinely mean it when I say, how are you, mate? I've no idea. Good mate, yeah. No, it has been a while, hasn't it? It's we can use we can use the form of a podcast to actually um, catch up, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, just been crazy busy. Like as I said to you briefly before we we, we started recording, it just feels mm. like I've been nomadic. I think I worked it out, and in the month, in a whole month period from middle of July to middle of August, this week, Friday to Friday, mm. as in last the, the Friday just gone to this coming Friday is the only week I'm spending every night in the same bed, if that makes sense. Every other time I've just been bed hopping around the country, um, which which is not not in a good way, not in a good way, Um, which is obviously, you know, fine and exciting and something that we've not been able to do for so long. So that's great. Um, Mm. But yeah, it has been a bit, it's been a crazy, crazy period Um, as it has been for yourself, Mr. Wilson. It has indeed. Yeah, I'm sure everyone listening to this uh, knows by now that I ran a half marathon last week, which was quite simply amazing. It was such a great day. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Like the whole, not not even just the event, but the whole day, all the organisers that were there were fantastic, brilliant. Although I did almost miss the start of of the race because I couldn't find out where to put my bag. And then I had about two minutes to get to like my wave, which is all different barriers and different ways to get in because there's different you know start times of people so almost missed the start of it hence why at the beginning I'm still setting up my watch in like the in the photo because I'm like oh shit I've, I've just what's going on the race has started but like what's going on that um, is the most James Wilson thing <laughs> I've ever heard nearly came late to his own half marathon that's brilliant <laughs> um well not late I just didn't know exactly where to go there's a lot of people more than I've ever seen in London for about two years but um yeah that was fantastic I'm not gonna lie the race itself was was actually surprisingly good like i know i've done some training which i haven't really spoke about so a lot of people are like 
oh, how long have you been trading for? Because I just haven't mentioned it at all anywhere, um, but kept it low key. And surprisingly, it's done the job because for the first sort of 15 kilometers, and bear in mind, the whole thing's 21, first 15 were relatively easy, to, to be honest with you. Um, and then it's after about 15, 16 kilometers, you hit the wall and I'm like, oh my God, my calves are on fire. And this is terrible. Why, why would anyone do this? This is horrible. <laughs> why would people do this for fun? Um, but no, the, the thing that was so great about it, as I've already mentioned, the people coming out and sort of saying, you know, you got this. And of course I had my name taped across my um, badge number. So everyone, like strangers, just shout out, oh, go on, James, you got this, which when you're absolutely, you know, in, in my cars are on fire, as I said, when you're, when you're in that much pain, any little sort of appreciation counts and there's a bit of motivation. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, the worst thing, though, was actually the chafing of my nipples. That was the worst bit because they were running against my shirt so so much and like obviously you're supposed to run in it like a few times before the race which i had done like two or three times but still on race day it didn't help it was really hot and humid so my my nipples were rubbing against the shirt and then of course after like the 16th mile uh sorry 16th like about eighth mile there was like a, a sprinkler shower that you run through which is really like wakes you up a bit but of course you're then drenched with with water so i quite literally had a slippery nipple after that point for the rest of the race <laughs> aren't you supposed um, to like put vaseline on yeah but, i mean that's a bit extreme isn't it i was like no nah, oh, i don't know i've never run a half marathon <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just it, i always thought it was a bit of a form of erotica just people slathering on bits of vaseline on their on their nipples but i mean no, I, well you get up to it in your spare no, time well no you see <laughs> it's your business <laughs> <laughs> hey what is behind closed doors all right it was all right <laughs> um yeah just to I imagine well. just Go imagine on. girl in your room be like give me one sec come out come <laughs> <laughs> vaseline let's get cracking <laughs> oh it has many uses clearly yeah. so <laughs> um but yeah as I, if i was just sum it up as well um uh like the end sort of 100 meters last 100 200 meters where you sort of it's this last straight um where there's literally everyone hundreds and hundreds of people all crammed at the start uh, at the finish line um it's the closest feeling i think i will ever get to say for example scoring in an fa cup final for your own team obviously like that's the closest i think it will ever feel because you feel like you do you do feel the the miles at that point because you're just so tired you can't barely walk one foot in front of the other is so much pain um but then you just see everyone sort of cheering and and holding up banners saying you've got this you're amazing i'm like oh wow that is yeah incredible so the the feeling of emotion was just quite overwhelming and at the end i was like oh bit oh, bit of emotional but also what did help was the was like the the six incredibly fit cheerleaders that they had at the finish line which was just strategically placed because i was like yeah i want to run towards that <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. going like go james give me a j that sort of stuff <laughs> pretty much i don't know i don't know i wasn't listening to them but like you know there were you know some motivation to get towards the finish line <laughs> <laughs> no mate I, that, that sounds amazing you're right that's that's a and True. Also, the other thing is I actually finished it, which someone didn't think I'd be able to. If someone, if people have been listening to previous episodes quite a while ago now, 
I was told to just run it. Uh, and I that did. That clearly <laughs> held you in excellent stead. And I did. Clearly... <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that when you hit that wall, apart <laughs> from the cheerleaders and the people saying, go James or whatever, you actually yeah. had in your mind just me going, it's easy, just run it. <laughs> just run it. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that if you didn't finish, the abuse would have been truly <laughs> spectacular. But no. Oh, yeah, it would have been nonstop. It's, it's an incredible achievement. You should be very, very pleased with yourself. And a good time as well, wasn't it? A pretty pretty decent time. I wanted to get closer to like two hours on, on the hour mark, but um, two hours 15, which is what I finished it in. Um, I'm happy with that, personally. I didn't really know what yeah, to expect. You know, I I've got no barometer. So, uh, that sounds very good to me. Yeah, I was pleased. Um, I was sort of hovering around the paces as well, which helped a lot. So there was like different people with like the flag saying we're going to finish in say two hours, 10 minutes or whatnot. So I was sort of floating around those guys, which was fun. Um, and also, yeah, just really heartfelt moments as well, where like I saw someone like an old guy who wasn't, you know, in, in peak physical condi condition, but had decided to do it. And on his back, he had written down on like a piece of paper and um, sellotaped it on words, the words saying, tell me I can't. And I was like, wow, that's really, you know, it, because it's just ex extra kind of motivation saying you can't do something. Well, it's going to make you do it, try and extra, you know, willpower to do it, if that makes sense. Um, and mm. just other things like people raising money for um, children's charities and sort of men with cancer or testicular cancer and things like that. And it was, yeah, it was just a really nice day where people, the good side of humanity was shown that day, <laughs> basically, is what I'm saying in a nutshell, which is really nice to see, after, especially after the sort of year, 18 months we've had. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that. I'll, I'll shelve that sort of moment of, of the marathon because I uh, don't want to spend all day talking about it, even though it was an incredible achievement. <laughs> well, I was going to add, it's not that we need to shelve it at all. I mean, obviously, I knew we were going to talk about it because what, I mean, it would have been an achievement. It, it's one that is probably your greatest achievement this year, maybe. So of yeah. course we're going to talk about it, especially as it's your greatest achievement of the last three weeks or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, can people still donate? That was going to be my question. Um, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I don't know when exactly the, the money gets passed on to the um, British Heart Foundation, which is the charity I was raising money for. Um, but yes, I'm at the moment of the recording, we're recording on Sunday. Um, I believe you can. So just double check. It's all like links in my Instagram page or on Facebook whilst George destroys his setup that he's currently in. Uh, he's he's just, Sorry, just, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to plug my charity that's doing saving lives and you're dashing pens across the room. Well, you're know, the mature one in this friendship. Fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> no, 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 please, by all means, you turn into an Olympic sport, mate. Fucking <laughs> 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 dash a pen. <laughs> wow. Talk about choose your moments, mate. Oh. <laughs> Go again. We can always we can always <laughs> cut that. It's fine. Cut that. No, it's in there. It's in there. And oh, if only anyone could see his face whilst I was saying that as well. He was like, "Oh shit! Oh god! He's still talking." No, go on. He's got it. Go on. Go on. Have it. The date. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, what was he even talking about? I can't remember. What was it? Uh, that was it. So yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> The charitable donation, which I'll be, yeah, just check the link basically. If if um, if it's still up there, if I've still got it up there, then I I believe it's still um, 
valid. But um, I did briefly mention the Olympics there. So, and we did talk about it briefly before the podcast. Um, well, it was going to be a yay or nay, but I already know your answer, George, um, which was going to be what's your opinion on the Olympics? But well, I'll let the listeners hear for, the, for themselves what you think of it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so if, 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 if it's a yay or nay, then unfortunately it's got to be a nay. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not an Olympics fan. Like, I was about to say, I'm, not, the... I'm just not an Olympian, so where's the appeal? I just I don't get involved. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't think it's impressive. I just don't care. There's lots of things in the world that are impressive and I don't give a shit about them. Um, I, it's just... I would never watch any of these events any other time. So why would I care that they're happening, you know, in a certain city every four years? Oh, I don't know. I think yeah. there's a bit more to it, mate, in terms of the training that goes in four four years of, of, you know, dedication to one sport. I think that's got to be pretty respectable, to be fair. On that note, did you see, did you see the British sprinter that full started in the final? Um, I mean, come on, mate. He trained for four years and he full started in the final. What a waste of time. What could you have achieved in that time? Uh, so, yeah, to be clear, sorry, I don't know his name. I don't know any of their names. but uh, I, actually think, I actually think he was the one that got a silver medal in like the four, uh, 400 meters relay. So oh, good. Okay. Before right. you, Fair enough. you know, slate him for being an Olympic athlete. Oh, I'm still slating <laughs> him. What an idiot. <laughs> like, literally, come on. I mean, that is the best description I can give of. You've got one job. <laughs> Run when the thing blows. Come on. Yeah, but there's <laughs> a bit more to it, mate. I feel like it's easy for you to say in your flipping chair, dashing pens across the room. Um, <laughs> it, right, to be clear. It's an incredibly hard thing to do, clearly. And the timing like, is, is just, you know, really hard to master. Even if an Olympic athlete can't get it right, I doubt me or you would be able to do it 100% of the time. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. That's where you're wrong. That's exactly my... This is why I think it's so okay, hilarious. So here's the, here's the section, listeners, where George Brown compares himself to an athlete and think he's the one that comes out on top there. Okay, yeah, let's go. No, no. no <laughs> right. <laughs> stop, stop trying to put words in my mouth. Okay, to be clear, I am not suggesting I could run the 100 metres faster than him. No, that's not what I'm saying. But Are my you point sure? is, do you, know, do you know what's the only part of that that I could do? Run on time. That is the one that literally you could pick me up now, fly me to Tokyo, put me in the 100 meter final. Do you know what bit I wouldn't fuck up on? Starting on time. That is the one bit I could do. Well, you and see, you know, you, you one of us sl- both me and you, but I wouldn't be so sure about me, mate. I'd be still, still be looking for the start line. Where am I? Yeah, yeah. You'd have overslept or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so no, you're misinterpreting my criticism of the Olympics. Okay, it's not that I don't think it's fast. impressive. I, they're amazing. Like we, the, as I said, I've managed to literally miss the whole thing, but my mum stuck it on yesterday. And so we were watching the um, women's high jump or whatever, and they were literally jumping like two times my, my height. That's amazing. That is so amazing. However, do you know what? It's not fun to watch. It's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, let's make the bar a bit higher. So it's not that I don't think it's impressive. Of course it is. But do you know why Sky don't have the rights to the high jump 
because no fucker wants to watch it any other point of the year. It's not a spectator sport. 100 metres. It's I'd not really. Disagree. A not a spectator sport. sport. Literally thousands of tickets are sold, apart from when it's not COVID, to go watch the Olympic Games because they are literally. I don't even know how how we've got to a situation where I'm defending Olympians for doing their sport. I'm like, wow. But anyway, I'm not criticising Olympians. No, I'm not criticising no, no, I know, but obviously people are interested to watch Olympians do their sport. It's literally, as you said, jumping, what, 10 foot in the air? Whatever it is. Pretty that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't, make it, interesting. it doesn't make it interesting. <laughs> Something can be amazing and not interesting. That's, that's how life works. You know, for example, <laughs> scientists that make right important discoveries and change the face of bacteria or something like that it's amazing i don't care (laughs) (laughs) something can be amazing and not interesting and that and and it's you know amazing interesting and olympics is in that side of the venn diagram if that makes sense do you know what i mean no i don't but we'll take your word for it Also, in terms of, okay, so this is where I'm a hypocrite because the the only time I've ever been into the Olympics and I was crazy into the Olympics was in 2012 because I actually went to some of the events. So I'm a total hypocrite because, but the reason that everybody gets sucked in and buys tickets is because it's, especially when it's in your home country, that is quite literally a once in a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that, that, you know, like anything, you're you're going for the, the momentous occasion rather than Fair enough. like Fair enough. even when i was there i think I, I saw mo farah run one of his um like uh whatever they call it qualifying laps my god it was boring it was the dullest thing i've ever seen but it was cool i get to be like oh there's mo farah that's nice but that's my point amazing not interesting they just go around the track 17 times well done you so <laughs> it's it's amazing but it's not interesting that's that's my point Fair enough. All right, I've got a question for you then, George. Just yeah, go on. During the middle of you talking like that. Um, if you had to choose an Olympic sport that you would compete in in this Olympics, what would you choose? And it's not, it can't be football because... Yeah, yeah, yeah fair. Um, good okay, question. So, so there's, I'll, I'll give you a rundown on a couple of them that I've watched myself. So obviously you've got all the athletics, so um, track and field, you can think of, there's numerous ones there. Um, there's yeah. a new one called like speed climbing. I don't know if you've ever been like bouldering before, but like that was mad. They are literally like Spider-Man walking up this this inclined hit, like gradient wall. It was incredible to watch, even though you might not think so, George, because- I was going to say, it doesn't sound incredible to watch. Like, someone climbed a wall. Someone climbed a wall, well done. Well done. Amazing, not interesting. <laughs> this is going to be my argument for all of them. Amazing, okay. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> um, Another like water sports as well, like canoeing or rowing or something. So, there, there's I've given you a few. What one would you choose to compete in? And you have to choose. Uh, you can't bottle it. Okay, no, I won't bottle it. Um, see, I, I could approach this from a couple of different ways, couldn't I? So when I was when I was at school and like I did, you, you had sports day and athletic yeah. stuff and all of that sort of stuff. Um, at, at the only time in my life where I've ever been okay. At, some athletic events um I, I i suppose like 800 meters and 1500 meters like middle distance oh, really? running i was actually I, I wouldn't say like to put it in perspective like good at my school that's that is the level we're talking here <laughs> this is not my claim to olympic glory i was thoroughly average at it nationally but you know that I, I i was i was pretty pretty okay at them at the time around you know 14 15 so i could say that 
because they were the ones that at some point I had some ability in. Well, um, was, but they're also really the hard. Was, was the rest of your cl- classmates just morbidly obese or, or anything? Or... <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, please don't in any way misinterpret that as a flag. <laughs> like, it's the most mediocre success ever. Big fish, small pool, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, those yeah, events yeah. are also torture. You know, they're horrible because you're they all right. You're not sprinting, but you're actually you're running pretty fast for a relatively or comparatively long time. So, yeah, not fun in any way. So, do I just pick an easy one? Like, I don't know, shooting. How is that an Olympic sport? No idea. It's just a gun in it. Oh, all the horse ones. That's hilarious. Also, did you, did you hear the other day about the, the German coach the German who beat up the horse? horse. Yeah, I did. That is hilarious. <laughs> that, and that, that, James, don't you just think that is the most me thing ever, which is that you blame the horse. She was like, stupid It's your fault. It's your fault. Looking, yeah, not taking any, yeah. Not taking any personal responsibility <laughs> for anything. Oh, um, that was brilliant. To be fair, I just didn't want to jump, so I, she just lashed out. <laughs> beat the shit out of the horse. Oh, sorry to all the animal rights advisors. We're not. We're not condoning beating up no, horses. No. It's just funny. Right situation. It's, just, yeah. it's like when you lose on FIFA and blame the controller. Like, oh, oh no, I can't no. see my players. <laughs> can't see my players, exactly. It just, but like in an in an Olympics, you beat up a horse. That is that is the best rage quit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, or, or you know, they're, they're, you, the thing is now, now the Olympics is just getting ridiculous, and anything is a sport. I, I mean, mean skateboarding. I, I, I thought you were about to choose sport. skateboarding, to be honest. I thought you'd choose that. Maybe. No, I mean, but, but you know, that's not a sport. I, that's not a sport. I'm sorry, that's there not a sport. There is a technical ability to it, to be fair. Yeah, it, I know. It was, but... it was impressive that, like, if they're jumping from like what, fifteen foot down some rails, I was like, I couldn't do that. Uh, fair play. I mean, if you've got some other sports in there, like you said, shooting, then skateboarding is just as impressive, if not more so. Um, yeah, I think I'd just pick, I'd pick one of the easy ones, like shooting. Sorry, sorry, everyone, if anyone's a massive <laughs> shooting fan, but come on, it's a gun. You, you, there's, all right, so I can appreciate, again, some people are better at it than others, but fundamentally, there's no, there's no real effort going into yeah, that. You of course, you choose shoot. the easiest one for it's not. It's the least physically taxing for you. So exactly. That's what I choose. That's what I choose because obviously <laughs> this is assuming this would be my Olympic sport. By no means do I have to be champion at it. I just need to be. No. I, I've somehow ended up being Great Britain's representative. <laughs> I mean, what, uh, with what world we've come to where we have to choose you to represent us at the Olympics in shooting? I know exactly. <laughs> I know. What has but, to yeah, go wrong? If I, but, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I'd way. pick. I'd pick something easy like like shooting. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, me personally, I'd probably I'd probably do a water sport to be honest. Like kayak, um, like what's it called? Kayaking or canoeing? I pretty. That's hard though, isn't it? It's well hard. Yeah, but it's fun. It's like exciting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it actually in a race. I don't know. And pr- plus, Britain are pretty good on the water, so I'd have a good team around me. And like you, who's like, ah, oh, fuck them all. Oh, I don't care. Just give me a gun. Bang, done. Yeah. Next. See you later. well you just go to the olympic village don't you make some friends that'd be nice oh is it my go oh i've missed see you later then lad see you in four years (laughs) cheers yeah cheers where'd you come 19 amazing all right i'm an olympian brilliant you know that's what i mean like (laughs) that is the that is the flip side of it is that there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time to be actually not that good if you know what i mean obviously great 
in terms of national or global standard, but ultimately they train their whole lives for something and they come like 33rd or something. That's a bit, that's got to be a bit soul crushing, surely. <laughs> Not really. When you, when you think they're competing against the best of the best at what they're doing. Just yeah, but it's not worth it if you're not the world, best of what you do. It's not worth it. <laughs> Surely, all the effort. Is and that not is worth why you won't free. ever be an Olympic athlete, George. It's just not <laughs> worth it. It's just not worth it. But it's not worth <laughs> it if you don't win. If you win, it's worth it. You know, brilliant, nah. amazing. What a moment of your life. But if you've trained really hard for four years, and then and then like the bloke who full started in the final. Thanks for coming, mate. See you in four years again. What a waste of time. <laughs> Well, oh. I, I just fair enough I'm not going to argue with you anymore I'm just it's not worth it <laughs> it's a bit of an unpopular opinion I would I would I would yeah I don't see many people agreeing with you saying that the Olympics aren't worth it but fair enough I, anyway we'll, we'll, we'll move on we could go around in circles <laughs> yeah so I mean <clears throat> What else is there to talk about? So I went out for the first time. Well, I say the first time. It was actually probably a couple of times, but it was weird to be out. So I'm actually kind of not hungover, but um, after the so I went to the West Ham match yesterday, which was really strange. To be, we, I think I mentioned it to you before the podcast, George. But being back in the crowd of say fifty or thousand people watching um, live sport. Now I know you just took the mick out of the Olympics, but when it's football, it's a different, lit, quite literally a different kettle of fish or whatever but um it's just amazing it was only a friendly like we we won the betway cup which is what our sponsors run so yay we were the same as tottenham in 2008 who won the audi cup but um just a fantastic day and then yeah after that had a few drinks um and it was just really weird to be out and about because i know you said you've been out about quite a lot like you went to a wedding like two weeks ago you said um, yeah, that was weird. No, you're right. It's just, it's one of those moments where, and you'll probably relate to this exactly, where you just find you catch yourself and you're like, mm. oh, there's loads of people here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Like, yeah. You know, there's, and I'm surrounded by other people. I hear noise. Like, this is strange. Um, nice, though. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, of course, you had the, the West Ham hooligans, well, not hooligans, but like the ones that were like giving it large. You fucking what, mate? You you toss up. Yeah, brilliant. Good to be back home. <laughs> Nature's healing. Nature's, Nature's healing. Is healing. They've got all the West Ham <laughs> fans from under their rock and they're coming back out, <laughs> out of the woodwork. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, what else has been going on? I mean, I don't know. I've done a lot, but um, in terms of you know things that's interesting to talk about i'm not quite sure <laughs> I, I well i've got a couple of um of stories to be fair you want if we're looking for Go some for some tales so um yeah i mean the first one is that uh, my experience actually of being out and about is not so much the wedding but um an event uh, in exeter called the enchanted garden ball um, which took place uh last week on friday um and uh yeah so and really this has been the event that we've been looking forward to all summer um it cost me 50 quid for a ticket is that uni it's not run by the uni but it's for uni students right um and uh yeah it cost me 50 quid then i tried to get a refund because i yeah because i bought three tickets for my housemates and obviously they paid me the money and then one of them couldn't go so i need to get a refund but they then refunded me for three tickets um, so it was just an absolute nightmare Sounds before the event. Yeah. 
Um, and then I, so yeah, uh, dressed up all smart. It's one of those events, you know, dressed up as fancies. I've dressed up for literally two years. Um, mm. Got there, everybody went together, everyone's high spirits. And I reckon it took me, I would say six seconds from entering the actual place, which was in like this massive sort of country park in the middle of nowhere. Um, six seconds from entrance to realizing, oh, I'm going to absolutely hate this. Um, and I what, was then what reason? miserable for the rest of the evening. For what reason? Was it just the people? Well, or what was going on? Though? Yeah, I think just the people. <laughs> I think basically I, I should have known I would hate it. And I did. I know basically one of the taglines for it was like, it's a fest, it's like a mini festival. And that didn't seem to register in my mind because I hate the idea of festivals and never want to go to one. So, why I thought a mini festival would be fun, I'm not sure. But basically, I think I'd convinced myself the name is misleading. Enchanted Garden Ball, fuck off. <laughs> Enchanted. It was a trailer park, basically. It was literally like a fairground. It, that's what it reminded me of. It was just like where when the fair used to come into Chippenham when I was a kid, and I hated that. Mm. Um, there were like three or four rides that looked like they were about to fall apart every time you got on them. Um, there was a bundle of fun as a child, weren't you? Yeah, I know. I know. I was so so miserable on this event as well. Um, they're like marquees up bars, and oh, and then like basically, it was a combination of things that I absolutely hate because then there were like uh signs, big signs up that said EGB for people to take photos on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And I was oh my god, do me a favor. If I, I hate that when, when you turn up to an event and they're like, oh, use the hashtag to add us on Twitter and we'll repost oh. the best photo or something. I'm like, yes. it's just no, a no. social marketing campaign or advert for the thing. You're like, why are you using the event to advertise the event? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and just people like that will that will choose the best, you know, best spot or area of wherever it is and do a pose. And that's all it is the whole night of people queuing. But like you pay 50 quid to take a fucking photo. Like that's that's what blows my mind. Like literally that's what people are doing. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so I've decided within six seconds I'm going to hate this. Then, um, you know, and I, I literally, I spent 50 quid on a ticket and I didn't go on one ride and I didn't take one photo. What a waste of money. And then just burnt it, mate. Just get literally oh, it gets worse it though. It gets worse because you there's no free drinks included in that price. You then have to You're pay joking. for drinks. You're joking. Yeah. What so the, I why why how could they not even just throw in a you know at least a pint? <laughs> because they're next to nothing, aren't they? Just give you something no. for, for I mean fair enough. It's, it's, your judgment that you don't like fairgrounds or photos so your fault for going but at least from the event organizers that's that's piss poor really isn't it it's not even well, just a drink for 50 quid or whatever my rant is nowhere near finished so essentially i'm in a bad mood um but obviously my, my lovely girlfriend's there i don't particularly want to drag her down so i was like i sort of i had it i gave myself a talking to him and was like you're so miserable just get drunk just get drunk so you'll enjoy it so i then go to the, have a point yeah yeah exactly so i then go to one of these garden bars garden bars literally a tent with a plank of wood in the middle um <laughs> and i queued at the front at the front like I, there was nobody in front of me but everybody was around the bar for 40 minutes 40 minutes to get because i was i said i'd get everybody a drink was there only so one I, person working or <laughs> what one uh, pump for beer or what 
So I then carried then just to it all off. This is, at this point, this is where I really lost my temper. So I then carried six drinks like that. Well, so yeah, literally, oh I then God. go carry the six drinks to where I thought the people were. They've obviously moved. In fairness, then it's been 40 minutes since I've gone. I don't blame them. In the process of putting the drinks down, spill half of them. What I literally at that point, I was I was like ready to honestly but genocide was, genocide crossed my mind. After 10 minutes, surely anyone's thinking, nah, can't be bothered, I'm off. Why would you continue? But also, you're not the sort of person who would stick it out for 40 minutes just to get six drinks. What was the, what was the point? Just go 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 out go home or go Tesco's pick up. <laughs> well, I couldn't because it's in the middle of nowhere. It then took me an hour to get home because it's in the middle of nowhere. So ah, <laughs> oh, so I ended up spending over a hundred pounds on an event that I absolutely included because I actually bought clothes for it because the whole thing is you dress smart. So including that, we're talking probably closer to 150. Oh. I spent 150 pounds on an event that I would say for no point, the only good bit was there were like some food stalls there and I had a really nice mac and cheese. <laughs> so I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Oh, so that so they're, all, nice. they're all forgiven then. Right? That no, they're not. I reckon that, that provided me about three minutes of enjoyment and for the other three or four hours that I was there I hated every single second so it just shows you that after a two years of us all being oh how good is it going to be when we can actually go out socialize and go to events again fuck that <laughs> I've done it and I've had it I don't want to go back anymore that's the end of it <laughs> oh. But that is ridiculous. What I mean, I guess it's just as I said, the event organizers just had a terrible, terrible time of doing their job. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I mean, I realize I'm massively ranting here, but we obviously haven't spoken about this. Well, you yes, have, well, these things you need to get off your chest. I really need to get off my chest. I really need to get off my chest. I'm still not over it. So, not only that, but it was the most over organized event of all time in that. Um, <laughs> literally, so you, you got a ticket on your phone, but that wasn't the ticket to go in. You then had to go to a, a place on campus to pick up a wristband to then go to the event. I was like, surely a ticket on your phone is more secure than a wristband. Yeah. Anyway, so then queue for half an hour to get the fucking wristband before we even gone to the event. And then when me and my housemate get to the front, it's this literally these two tables outside. It's drizzling. I don't know why I was outside. And literally, it was the worst organised thing I've ever seen. And that the guy who was meant to serve us got up as we were there and was like, oh, I'm just going to take a photo for the Instagram story. The line is going down to the traffic lights. And I was like, yes, dickhead, because you're not doing it quickly enough. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were just scanning QR codes and handing out wristbands. I reckon I could do 10 of those, 10 people in two minutes. Easy. Give it that. Boop, boop. You need proof of electoral negative lateral flow so i'd yeah. have signs up saying right already make sure have you've got your, yeah already have it out and everybody did already have it out. Done. so like literally i was like how are you going this time and then one of the the girl next to him said because it was meant to like the period was like 10 to 12 to pick up your tickets and she was like oh well if it goes past 12 i'm not i'm not staying because they're not paying me i was like are you little <laughs> bitch <laughs> it's only going this slow because of your fucking incompetence you <laughs> idiot um like like genuinely i, I hope I you said that to her face by the way I, I really hope you said that to her face 
I didn't say that to her face. I was just like, oh, thank you so much. And I walked away, like, screaming at them. But just, in just, ah, oh, just can't bear. Well, I, I can I, bear incompetence, but I can't bear incompetence when they're then like, oh, why is the line so big? Because of you! Because of you, you idiots! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like possibly the worst night out ever. Um, it was the worst night and, out ever. It was the worst I think, night out I ever. I think you're prepared to just stay indoors for the next 18 months. It's not that. <laughs> Absolutely. Any, any social Absolutely. gathering now? No, no, no. <laughs> I, think, I think this is the thing that I've noticed. Like, subconsciously, uh, COVID and lockdown has aged me. Like, I feel myself being a middle-aged man. I hate people. I hate large gatherings. I hate having to wait or queue for anything. Like, all of those things that before COVID, I would have put up with. I'm so, like, I just have no patience for those now. I mean, you're literally so, turning yeah. into your dad, pretty much, at this point. You I are know, dad. this is what you I said. If this you're is describing what... your dad, I would have probably used those exact words. This is what I said, Wilson. I, like, so when I gave myself a talking to it, fucking EGB, I was like, like literally, I took myself away, and I was like, right, George, you're you're literally acting like your father. Grow up, <laughs> you know, you, you are so miserable. Sort yourself out. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that that's my rant over. That's what I've been up to. So yeah, just just for everyone that is desperate to get out, don't. It's overrated. So, yeah, it, it, there's there's living proof that sometimes it's not all it's cracked up to be. <clears throat> no, I think to be honest, it's more living proof that the best nights out you will ever have are always spontaneous. And anything that you plan and look forward to is never as good as it. You I think you can plan ever. spontaneity though, that you can uh, like adjust for a time to do things, but you just don't know what they are. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, you know, also a bit of advice for you, George, as well. When I was doing the marathon, what really helped was deep breath. So, you know, whenever you feel slightly caged up or, or like, you know, the flipping, <clears throat> rage is about to overflow just deep breaths has really got me through my marathon you know so you know when, whenever you've got a five minutes spare and you think <laughs> look in the mirror you just see your dad deep breaths just you know calm yourself down keep, keep you going um, <laughs> also changing topics i yeah even though i don't look amazing at the minute i've actually had a haircut which for anyone that's known me recently um is pretty big deal because i've, I've basically not had a haircut properly for since February 2020 that was the last time I had a proper haircut um and I've gone from Lord Farquhar which was episode one to a certain Prince Charming so <laughs> I, I have to say it has it has immeasurably improved your appearance I don't know why you've well, taken also, so long I also look about 10 years younger it was so weird yeah. um yeah, when, I, first, when yeah, I came yeah. back my mum was like you've aged you know, you're Benjamin Button, you're going backwards. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you do look younger. Yeah, you just look so much better. Why did you not do this sooner? Barbers have been open for ages. <laughs> I was going for a phase, all right? You know, I was stuck <laughs> indoors, always have long hair, going through a, going through something, George, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I think this is what, you know, what, just what we've been talking about in the last 10 minutes. It does show that, like, even in not, the dramatic ways you know and obviously i'm not downplaying those anyone or of course all of the really um bad mental health issues that have been caused by the pandemic and all that sort of stuff that's the serious stuff but i think even if you're lucky enough to have avoided that 
it definitely it's like inadvertently you've had some way of dealing with it be it growing your hair long yeah. be it turning into a 45 year old man who hates everything <laughs> like i think everybody will notice some in some way in which they've changed mm-hmm. because like they of yeah either either physically or emotionally just because yeah. it's a coping me- mechanism probably just to get through it whatever it is for me it was probably growing my hair out so i look like a, a scarecrow for most of the time uh. yeah yeah but even things like this podcast is in some way a coping mechanism because we don't see each other as often so yeah absolutely yeah well i've already spoke about it before on the podcast i think that this was born out of the, of the second lockdown or whatever lockdown it was at the time um yes. just so we could it's like an hour where hopefully everyone else listening has a chance to listen about things that aren't covid related or or even if it is lockdown, it's things that we're doing that are fun and hopefully relatable, but also just, you know, something to talk about. And as I, as I said, we don't see each other often, which is, I mean, I'm not seeing you for three weeks. I was forgetting what you were looking like, mate. I was like, I mean, also the fact that your camera quality makes you look like an anime character is also really weird. Um, <laughs> basically, listen, for anyone, well, you obviously can't see him, but like, I don't want to compliment him, but his skin doesn't look real. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a filter at the minute. It's, this is weird. <laughs> it, it's so real. weird. I, I don't want to turn the camera off. I've never <laughs> looked so good. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I, yeah, you're right. I don't look real. It's totally odd. And I, I hate the fact that I have to compliment him. But yeah, well, when it's there, you've got to say it. Um, I think also I th- I do want to talk about a bit about football as well. So this is the point where yeah. I think ninety five percent of our listeners will now turn off because they don't care about football. But um, um, the the huge news. I mean, what was incredible? Yeah, see you later, everyone. Um, the, the huge news of the week, really, because it, the whole week has been mental. The world of football, and in, in the last few days, even on the day where the British transfer record ever was was beaten by Jack Grealish signing for City, even that was underpinned by Messi leaving Barcelona. That was, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was texting everyone like, Messi's gone, he's left. I text you, and I think you just come out of the cinema or something. And I was like, yeah, how is he not responding to this? This is the biggest news in world football in our lives. And you're just being so blase and not responding. I was like, this is not the time to be ignoring George Brown. This is like, what well, to talk about? <laughs> this, this is, can, you, can you imagine this from my point of view? So I, I've been to the cinema with, with my um, cousin. Um, so my phone, you know, it's one of the rare occasions in life where actually you never look, you'd like, you, for a good two to three hour period, you've got no idea what's going on in the world because your phone is completely off, which is obviously a good thing. But then I turn my phone on and I've got loads of messages, which <laughs> doesn't happen often. <laughs> um, loads of messages, loads of notifications. I see your message and then I see from The Athletic, Lionel Messi is leaving Barcelona. And I was just like, what the hell? Like I've gone into this cinema and the world has changed yeah. around me. <laughs> what alternate what dimension did you go into in this cinema? Yeah. What, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, so weird. And I mean, also, and this is a side note or a footnote, we have to appreciate in these times what a man like Fabrizio Romano is for world football. He is the king of, of transfer news. He's just so accurate and he gets the Sky Sports is irrelevant because all they do is stretch out his tweet into a 10 minute segment on YouTube. It's just repeating what he says in a different way. They are irrelevant. I mean, we're, we're really in a new age of, as well of, 
um, football journalism where individuals have more power and weight to what they say compared to actual corporate conglomerates like Sky Sports or BBC because Fabrizio is the man. Here we go. It's happening. He, he is a god among us, genuinely. There, there are almost no people on earth I trust or love more than yeah. Fabrizio yeah. Romano. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I was even when I was out for a few drinks last night, there was a, a criticism about one of the one of the um there was a, a boyfriend and girlfriend out, and um some, one of the mates said his that the boyfriend um waits on Fabrizio Romano's tweets more than he does his girlfriend's. <laughs> like there's more suspense and keep checking how Fabrizio's doing, what's going on, what's the yeah. next boss, Fabrizio? <laughs> Treat Fabrizio back yeah. like Fabrizio, are you okay? Haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a lull is anything happening what's going on oh need to know text me back <laughs> um, oh, but yeah so i mean I, I don't know i didn't know what to make of it but i guess because messi didn't it's, it's come to light that messi didn't want to leave obviously um he was he thought that the contract was going to be signed it would be done but then barcelona turned around and said we can't sign you um i don't know what the reason is exactly because i also thought if messi really wanted to stay just take a massive even even bigger pay cut and you'd be able to play oh, no, apparently no. So the La Liga restrictions mean that they physically can't sign him because of no uh, the best the, the best stat that I can um explain this to you is that Messi's contract even at 50% because he'd agreed a 50% pay cut yeah I know even was 115% of Barcelona's yeah total yeah. earnings so they can't afford it they, they yeah, physically I mean, can from what i remember it was like 110 percent of their total um income for the year for barcelona went yeah. on contract wages yeah which is yeah and it's not just it's not just messi that's going to go of course he's the first one because he's got the biggest contract by miles but like they may not be able to sign any of the players that they've signed it's it's honestly it's the worst run club in mm. europe and i don't know how they've got to this point well like, barcelona think- used to be sort of like a bastion of how a club should be run, like promote youth, sign sensibly. The Johan Cruyff era of yeah. things being run yeah. properly. And all of that sort of things, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, just of a club that was totally united and had an identity that everybody got behind. And this, and like in like five or six years, we've now come to this, where they can't afford to keep the best player in the world or the best player ever mm. because they've just ruined their finances so yeah. much. Um, and they've only got themselves to blame. They've only got themselves to blame. And I don't know why it's... That was the thing. I think the reason the Messi news was so groundbreaking is it came so out of nowhere. Like, well, obviously, last time until, we thought even, he was going... Even Messi himself thought he'd be able to sign it. So the fact that he exactly. broke news and man like Fabrizio saying Messi's gone, like, I, I believed him, but it's like, well, as you say, it's so left field because he was supposed to sign, then he didn't. But also, if you think about it, um, apparently, allegedly, I should say, um, the La Liga put a, 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 di- like a dichotomy to... Barcelona saying you either lose Messi, stay in Super League, or you come out of Super League and maybe keep Messi. And it just shows you how in dire straits that Barcelona FC are in. The fact that they are still in the Super League, along with Real Madrid and I think Juventus, that they are so desperate for this influx of money because they've lost, they've been bleeding money over the last year because of the pandemic and people not going to, to matches and things, that they would lose the best player ever, definitely for their club due to financial constrictions that have been their own doing because it's been unsustainable for the last few years 
and that's to me is just madness. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, well, that it, that's what really makes my blood boil is that the reason that those three clubs, but particularly the two Spanish clubs, are the ones that are still in the Super League. Well, well it's ridiculous. They're not in the Super League because you can't have a Super League with three fucking clubs. So good luck to you, lads. Exactly. Um, but the reason that they refuse to let it die is because they see it as their last hope to make money again. Yeah, they they, they know now. They've been jumped by five or six clubs in the pecking order of European football, which is what happens, by the way, when you don't run your club properly. And they're like, oh, God, that, that's not fair. Mm. And they've tried to recreate a new league where they can totally control their finances because they've got no money. And that is disgraceful. They are leeches, you know, rats, pigs, disgusting. I hate them with a passion. And yeah, and it's not going to happen because none of the other clubs are as badly run and don't they don't need the Super League like they do. So fuck them. And I have no sympathy for Barcelona whatsoever. Yeah. I, I actually, you know, Barcelona was a club that I, I think everybody liked them. Yeah, I, I definitely preferred you, them over Real Madrid just because. Exactly. They, 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 I don't know what it is. There's, there's something, you, you know, we've both the been. The culture of the club, the culture of Barcelona. Yeah. Well, I mean, me and you having gone on holiday there a few years ago that even just small things like that you get to see the city for what it is and it's an amazing city amazing place and amazing people um yeah brings you that much closer to and actually we actually went to the new camp if you remember we had exactly and i was it actually is this is amazing um it's got an aura has game on club i was like yeah i actually can buy into that whole motto of yeah this is one club you know and then it's just unraveled within the last few years or even like year um one thing that I did find funny, though, is the fact that Aguero left Man City to play with Messi, his best mate, at Barcelona, and now Messi's gone. And I don't know if it's true, but apparently Aguero now wants to leave because he doesn't yeah. want to play without but Messi. Um, they won't be able to register him. As it currently stands, they will not be able to register him. They don't crazy. have the money. That's crazy. So why did they sign him in the first place? Like, it's just crazy. Oh crazy God. some and, of the decision-making. Like, And on top of that, the fact that, I mean, it, we're changing topic ever so slightly, but just to include this, um, is the quote from James Rodriguez at Everton when he said, I don't know if you've heard of yeah. this, when he said, yeah. and I'm quoting him here, Kun Aguero went to Barcelona and now Messi is leaving. The same thing happened to me. I go to Everton practically because Ancelotti was there. And look, now Carlo is gone. I mean, I hate I hate people that are running Barcelona, but also James uh, James Rodriguez, you're a bit of a dickhead, mate. You're, you're just basically shitting all over the whole fan club of Everton and saying the only reason some of my stature and prestige is at your shitty club is because of the manager who is now gone. I mean, it's not exactly the same comparison, to be quite honest. The best player ever leaving a club or Ancelotti. Eh, yeah, not on the same comparison for me. But the whole thing is just, world football is mental at the minute. And I think I think we're potentially quite close to the bubble bursting as well in terms of the, so much money flying around. I don't think Barcelona is one of the first to go being unsustainable. How many, how, how many more years is it until clubs like Man United, who are already in trillions of debt or whatever, or, you know, a billion or so. Um, yeah, not to the same degree. I mean, degree the, Premier, the Premier League is its own entity, I guess, but, you know, other clubs as well, like Inter Milan, who just sold Lukaku for 100 million, who didn't want to sell, but they're bankrupt. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second, but the, because the Chinese owners, in you know, who own Inter Milan, they're bankrupt, so they need everything they can get, every penny. And they're even thinking about selling Martinez, Laro Martinez, um, to, uh, to Spurs, sorry. For 60 million because they need money which is crazy um 
So yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the Lukaku topic. What do you think? I mean, we spoke about this before briefly, I think, on the podcast and like sort yeah. of transfer <laughs> gossip of this of the segment of the podcast. But I'll give my own opinion first. I just don't think. I mean, he'll get you twenty goals in all competitions next season at least. I think. Um, so for that alone, you could say argue it's justified. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's a very inspiring signing. He's coming back, yeah, but I, I don't rate him massively. To be honest with you, he he's justified his price tag, I guess, because that's the going rate for him. But I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be like. Oh, okay. Lukaku's here now. Great. All right. Not hard. Are you kidding? Uh, are you, are not, you not kidding? I, I, well, as as a Chelsea fan, I can tell you I'm buzzing. I think I literally said on this podcast because the Lukaku saga's been Lukaku saga has been a weird one. You say? Um, Lukaku saga. <laughs> 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 the Lukaku saga has been a weird one in that we looked like we were going to sign him. Then he said, "Oh, I'm happy at Inter." So it's like, oh, okay, he's not going then. Um, then it looked like we were going all out for Haaland. And then it was like, oh, no, we're not going to get Haaland. We are going to get Lukaku. And then that happened really, really quickly. So, mm. But I, Lukaku is exactly what that Chelsea team needs. Like, you know, the team's what? almost On top of having the, the legendary Timo Werner up front, I can't believe they've done him dirty. Yes, your boy, amazingly. Your boy Timo, George, your boy Timo. He can't be hey, Timo can still like play. Timo can still play, but Timo's not going to get you 20 to 30 goals a season, is he? Bless him. Even if you gave Timo 200 to 300 chances, he wouldn't get you 20 to 30 goals a season. I mean, in his defence, the the, the Premier League officials have changed the rules slightly, so they'll give attackers the benefit of the doubt on offside rules. So, you know... For a bloke yeah, that yeah, he yeah, lives yeah, on that, the offside line. He, he that's all well and good, James. He's still going to miss when he's in, though, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's still going to miss. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, the, coming back to Lukaku. Yeah, it's, it's like, bear in mind, this is a Chelsea team that just won the Champions League somehow, but we did. So it's a pretty complete side. Mm. Um, and But it's just so obvious what we needed. And what we needed was a, a prolific striker to finish the chances that we create. Um, and he is as good as we could have got, quite frankly. And I also think that I am I shared, would have shared some of your doubts about him if this was two or three years ago. Um, but yeah. did you watch him play the Euros? He is a complete player now. Like, he has improved immeasurably since those yeah, United. Maybe, maybe I'm sort of still biased because of... I'm not saying he's a bad player. Of course I'm not. I'm just saying, based off of performances I watched him at, like, Man United, for example, where his first touch wasn't great. And I'm like, maybe yeah. that's kind of clouding my judgment of him now. But he's a goal scorer. I'll give you that. He did it at West Brom. He did it at Everton. And he'll do it at yeah. Chelsea now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what Chelsea needs, a goal scorer. Um, and also, like, who was the, I saw a tweet, I think probably by Fabrizio maybe, or basically the, the, like the transfer planner at Chelsea. Her name's like Marina or something. Yeah. And she's Marina managed to... Yeah, exactly. She managed to recoup like 87 million, I think, of of transfers this year of younger players and also some other players just going out and um, getting them off the wage bill, for example. So he's managed to like recoup 87 million. So he only costs like 12, 13 million Lukaku, which is an incredible business deal. It, I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the, also if, if Lukaku is now at Chelsea, if Martinez goes to Spurs with Sancho going to United 
and Grealish going to City. We are in for a hell of a Premier League season, mate. It's going to be, if everyone stays fit and, and, and the goals that will be flying in, oh, what a season we're in for. I'm buzzing. I can't wait for it to start next week. I can't wait. I saw, I was watching Sky yesterday and the first, like, next weekend with the fixtures coming up and I, a, li- a little little bolt of excitement to my stomach. <laughs> it's so good. And also, fans will be back. Yes. We'll have a oh Premier League starting with mm-hmm. full stadiums. That is going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be alien. It's been nearly a year and a half since we've seen that. Mm-hmm. So, no, I can't wait. Yeah, and of course, I've, I've got a season ticket at West Ham, so I'll actually be able to go to Premier League matches. Obviously, I went to yeah. one yesterday, but it wasn't Premier League. But just being a, watching live sport is one of the best things that you could ever do, especially if you're invested in a particular club. Um, and yeah, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, and I think, unless I'm forgetting anything, oh, there is, of course, the wildly wild transfer of Danny Ings to Villa which was not spoke about at all until it happened um, yeah what a signing that is also yeah. it means Southampton will get relegated this season yeah I think uh, I, I spoke to a couple of friends already who along with me also think you take a 20 goal striker out out of your team and don't replace him you're going down it's it's, well, it's, it's not only that but he, he's their best player by miles isn't yeah. he yeah. They also sold Ryan Bertrand to Leicester, which I can't understand. I think Ryan really? Bertrand. I didn't even know that. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. I, so Southampton's transfer strategy seems to be right. You know those really good players that are like fundamental to our team. They, they can go. They, they, <laughs> they yeah, can go. Need them. Need them. And I, I heard James Ward Prowse is, is injured. I think uh, I don't know how long for, but if he misses the start of the season and they go on a bad run, well, it could be curtains before you know. Oh yeah, I would suggest no, no. Yeah, nailed on for relegation now, Southampton. Mm. Yeah, it's just a shame that West Ham didn't sign Danny Ings because I'd like to see him playing in Claret and Blue. He's just playing in the wrong Claret and Blue kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, just briefly on West Ham as well. The reason I think we haven't made any signings is because I'm pretty certain they're going to sell it, or at least try to. I don't know if you've heard, but there's a group called PAI that's put in a bid of about 400 million to West Ham. Um, and I think they're genuinely considering it because... Um, Gold and Sullivan, they're in their 80s now. They want to get their cash out. Um, and I think they'll, they'll end up selling West Ham. And well, God knows what that's going to look like. But th- this new group said they'll improve the stadium, which is a plus because it's not a football stadium, even though the atmosphere was better yesterday. Um, and yeah, I, I really think now we have a law of European football, now is the time to invest, especially in a striker when we only have Mikel Antonio, whose hamstrings are weaker than a flipping. I don't know what's weak. <laughs> I've, I've wet, to the wet wipe. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, West Ham's always do the same thing. We'll have one good season and it will probably end up about 14th next year. So is what it is, is what it is. Um, but I think we'll come to a close on that front, Georgie boy, unless you've got anything on else. On that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, on that bombshell. So. I'd just like to say for anyone else out there currently listening to us rambling on about football transfers and Fabrizio Romano and all things mm. football, um, thank you so much for listening. guys. It's, it's been really good to chat to you, actually, after, what, three weeks because we missed... I know, mate, yeah. Um, really good to chat to you, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll be back on schedule now. So we should, fingers crossed, touch wood, be back in a couple of weeks. Um, but until then, thank you very much, guys. And we will speak to you soon. See you later. Adios.